Are you looking for an inspiring listen? Something to motivate you? You've come to the right place. Welcome to Women of the Northwest, where we have conversations with ordinary women leading extraordinary lives. Motivating, inspiring, compelling. I'm Jan Johnson, your host. I'm the kind of person who can't sit still, always have to be doing something. I'm just an ordinary woman who has ideas pop into her head and thinks, what's to stop me from doing that? And my preference is to be doing something that affects the life of someone or the community as a whole. It's what brings meaning to my life. And hey, isn't it rewarding to see people smile? Ordinary women leading extraordinary lives. Gals that are not afraid to have an idea and take the next step? Yep, that's the kind of gals I'm talking about. These are the women I'll have conversations with each week, telling their stories and sharing their passions. Motivating, inspiring, compelling. Hello, listeners. So glad you've joined us. My guest today is Chrissy Christian, who will share her adoption stories, both of humans and pets. Enjoy. Hello. Welcome to the Women of the Northwest. Chrissy Christian, glad to have you here. Hi. Thanks for having me. I thought today we could maybe talk about parenting. Oh, oh <laughs> I could go on and on about parenting. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, 10 kids, what do you Oh, mean? my word. <laughs> I only have two. I thought I would have 10, but two stories, has me exhausted. Stories galore. And I, you know, in my mix, we have two adopted children. And our two kids were adopted at age six and eight. And we're natural siblings, two different dads, <laughs> same mom. Same with our two. Um, my husband actually started with the adoption before his divorce. Um, when the divorce got thrown in, he decided he had already made a commitment to these two kids. And so he um, continued with the adoption. So boy and a girl at that who had been through some neglect a lot of neglect and some situation in foster care that ended up with some sexual abuse Wow, as well. And so, you know, adopting kids, even from a young age or whatever, you still have things in their past that are hard to work through and Absolutely. whatever. But what's your story? What's your adoption story? Yeah. So both our kids were adopted. Um, same mom, two different dads. Um, so the, the birth mom had her, <clears throat> her daughter, Emma, and, uh, she lost her at three months. Uh, she was, she lost her as in she was taken away. So what happened was she was living under a bridge, literally in Grants Pass, Oregon with her newborn baby in November, mm -hmm. um, very cold time of the year. And, uh, by January, so little Emma was three months old and she had stopped nursing and was just really lifeless. So mom walked her uh, to the hospital in a freezing rainstorm. And when she got to the hospital, they didn't think, sorry, they didn't think Emma would make it through the night. Mm -hmm. She was so sick and, um, and she did make it through the night. And uh, then she was immediately put into foster care. The birth mom, she just had a, you know, she had a rough life herself. She was only 15 at this point. Mm -hmm. She was a foster kid and homeless and just really struggling. And um, so she let, she, they took her baby away. And then her hope was she got pregnant again very quickly mm -hmm. after that. And then she thought, well, if I can find a home for this baby I'm carrying, then maybe I can get Emma back. And so we became part of that journey. We heard of her through word of mouth and 
um, started uh, making friends with the birth mom. We mm-hmm. put her up in an apartment, took care of her, and uh, just watched her belly grow with our Elijah growing mm-hmm. in there. She was drug-free with both kids, which is amazing. Amazing. Really yes, amazing. I feel yeah. like that's a miracle in itself. And um, and so she had Elijah. Uh, we got him immediately at birth, and she kept trying to get Emma back, but she just couldn't get on her feet. So we reminded her many times that we would we would take her we would adopt emma as well so she finally thank god uh, signed the papers over because otherwise it could have been drug out right. for years and years and years mm-hmm. as we know still took a little while to make it official but we pretty much were able to um foster and then adopt emma mm-hmm. so she moved mm-hmm. into our home at age two i remember having her two-year-old <laughs> birthday party a little chubby emma now she's 17 and way <laughs> taller than me and uh yes yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing stories so um so we have both those kids and, um, you know, it's interesting because, you know, adopted and foster kids have a hard go. Even, you know, Elijah, who is drug free and we've had him since birth, he's been a challenging child. Yeah. So you kids, did you talk to them about being adopted or? Yes, we've been open know. since day one. Uh, one of the reasons is because I, uh, when I was growing up, I did not know who my birth dad was. I thought I did. And then when I was nine, my sister was 10. My mom sat us down and said, oh, by the way, this is not your your birth father. Um, this other guy was. And it didn't really affect me, but I saw how it affected my sister. She went down mm-hmm. a, a dark path. She searched for him forever. So I always swore that I wouldn't do that to my kids. So from the beginning, we would you know, read them little books about the bird that was adopted or, yeah, you know, yeah, we just yeah. gently introduced it to them. So the word adoption wasn't a scary mm-hmm. word. So they, they've they always known that they're adopted. We've always been very open about it. Uh, the birth mom, it was a closed adoption, but she would stay in touch with us. And, um, but then she just sort of dropped off. We haven't heard from her in probably 10 years. And so have they since seen her or tried to, do they want to try? No, they don't seem her? our son, Elijah. I don't even think he really cares that he's adopted. I mean, it's pretty amazing. I He has no interest at all. Our daughter, she calls it her sad backstory. <laughs> um, but she also does, we've put it out there that, of course, you know, when she's 18, we would happy, be happy to help her um, meet her birth mom, but she doesn't seem real interested. And mm-hmm. I don't think birth mom's still real stable. And I think that kind of scares Emma a little right, bit. Right, about doing that. Yeah. Yeah. When uh, our son graduated from high school, he wanted to connect with his mom and he had been um, still connected with his aunt and uncle. And so through the aunt and uncle, they contacted the mom to see whether she wanted to have Mm -hmm. a contact there. It opened some doors that in hindsight, our son almost wish she hadn't opened. Mm-hmm. Um, so the mom and her new husband came to his graduation and um, had a couple other kids, which was kind of like, oh, I didn't know that was going to happen. Wow. And and be there. But he realized afterwards what, um, what he came from and was relieved to not be be mm-hmm. a part of anymore yeah uh there so there was some eye-opening things and some kind of hmm oh you know um his sister did not want to have anything to do with her or to you know was very nervous about having her mm-hmm. in her life again and other than that them coming to the graduation that was really there wasn't any other 
with them, but because our son is so in contact with the aunt and uncle and uh, there, that's been an interesting. Yeah, that would be interesting. Conundrum that happened there. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Yeah, there are some um, extended family. It was interesting because when Elijah was born in the hospital, um, grandpa showed up, birth mom's dad, drunk as a skunk, 10 a.m. in the morning. And I remember we're, we're in the room and the birth mom is holding Elijah, his brand new little baby just born. And she looks at her dad. She goes, this is your first grandson, isn't it? And you know, you, you the adoption isn't final yet. And I remember just panicking. Yeah. Oh, she's going to change her mind. Yeah. And my husband and I were just, oh, beside ourselves. Yeah. And uh, she she held true to her word and she did not change her mind. But I will never forget that moment. <laughs> little of, of panic. You know, Grandpa never came to see Emma here. She's two years old. And at that point, he never even once came to see her. But he showed up the second his grandson was born. Hmm. And uh, yeah, that definitely hmm. scared us. Yeah. But there wasn't any further contact. No that. further contact. No. And yeah. kind of a funny story. So um, my husband was on a ship and what happened was uh, the birth mom was going to be induced. She was overdue. And so she went in to get induced. So she's in the hospital. I'm with her and she's being induced. She's dilating. And all of a sudden she gets a phone call. She's still homeless. So, no, she's not homeless. We've got her in an apartment, but she's mm-hmm. got a lot of homeless friends. Mm-hmm. One being a boyfriend. And uh, she gets a text that he's cheating on her with some other homeless girl. (laughs) So she rips all of the things off of her. And she's like, you have to take me now to him. And I'm thinking, what? Like, I'm here to watch (laughs) my son be born. And now we're leaving the hospital. And she went from not being able to move to running like an NFL quarterback. Has me take her to the soup kitchen. She flies out of the car. She's going to go beat the crap out of somebody (laughs) all the while pregnant. And like, oh, my word, I'll never forget they didn't take her back to the hospital. Um, so then it was another probably week later that she finally went in and had Elijah. But it was a crazy road. Oh, my Ooh. goodness. But it allowed my husband to come home off the ship. So he was there. <laughs> so that that part was good. <laughs> you know, it's just hard sometimes to realize I don't know, a different perspective of people going through things, you know, that maybe haven't had the, the life, learned the life skills. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. About how to interact yeah. and, and how to make that. Yeah. And so then as an outsider coming in, it's like, what are you doing? What are you Where doing? That's a per- perfectly natural response for, for her. Some people. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I remember I was just beside myself and I remember my sister-in-law saying, someday you'll laugh about all this. Because <laughs> I was just thought, ah, I remember leaving my home going, next time I come back, I'm going to have a baby in my arms. Yeah. But I didn't because all this chaos happened. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was I was mad. <laughs> <laughs> what have you found to be some challenges with parenting your kids? Not necessarily on the adoption level, yeah. but just as parenting and Yeah, no, it's true because we always say at the crapshoot, like you could have your own kids and have problems with exactly. them, right? Exactly. So we have, you know, a lot of people <laughs> like to say genetics, and I'm sure that has a play in there, but uh but both our kids have their issues. Um Emma unfortunately is very distant. She, she's, it's really hard for me. We're very affectionate family. We, we hug strangers (laughs) and Emma doesn't want to hug anybody, not even us. And so that's been really a challenge for me. So possibly an attachment disorder. For sure. Mm -hmm. I think that which rapid attachment disorder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that is definitely her issue. She's a little bit sensitive to like when she brushes her teeth and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. 
Um, so that's been our main struggle with her. We just felt we're wor- very worried about her emotional state. She doesn't, she doesn't really cry. She mm. doesn't, things don't upset her mm. like they should, like mm-hmm. sad things. Mm-hmm. So we're always worried about that. So always working on that, but she's a good kid. She's, she gets good grades. Mm-hmm. She's got a job now and, um, she's 17. I can't believe it. Um, she'll be a senior next year. And Elijah, oh, Elijah, that kid's been feisty since the moment he was born, I swear. <laughs> um, he's, he's a handful. He's actually at a great, um, ranch right now. He's, he'll be 16 this month. Mm. And there's a place called Flying H Youth Ranch. It's over in Eastern Washington. It's a, it's a working ranch and it's a great, great spot for him right now. It's an 18 month minimum mm. program and we're just seeing great, great progress with him. And uh, we get to see him. Actually, he'll be home here for Easter, of Good. course, for yeah. a week. Yeah, yeah, so that'll be great. But we we talk to him several times a week. He writes us every week. And he's so loving. And that's what makes it, even though he's, you know, challenging, he loves us so mm-hmm. much. And he's so cuddly. And he just loves mom and dad. And yeah. So that, that makes it easier to put up with <laughs> his bad behavior. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And he's great. I have to say, this kid is great in a crisis. Like anytime we're in like a, a, you know, we've had a dog fight happen or some situation like that, that's high intensity. He, I, we always say he should be a rescue worker because he is so calm, cool and collected in those situations. Uh, it's impressive. Like he calms me down. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is amazing. That's neat. Um, tell me about, uh, your, you do rescue dogs too. Yeah. Tell yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. I love that. Actually that the three we have right now are all or dogs. I haven't had a, the last foster dog we have, we adopted. Um, but yeah, we love rescue dogs. I was volunteering at the shelter for a long time and then COVID kind of put the brakes on that. And I, um, have not gone back yet, but I, we fostered since then. We thought, well, at least we can foster dogs, but yeah, I fostered dogs for years. I, I, my favorite thing in Southern Oregon, when we were living down there was, uh, the first dog just wandered up our driveway. It was this sick little mangy thing. And, and that started my foster career. And I just took that dog in and then founded a great home and, uh, and just kept doing that. And then partnered with the Humane Society and they would give me their worst dogs, which I loved. Yeah. And I would train them up and get them just ready for adoption. And, and then I would get them adopted. So yeah. one of my favorite things to do. We've got this. Oh. We live on a ranch or a farm, you know, with the sheep. And so my ah. husband has uh, had border collies. You oh, know, yeah. He's one of them <laughs> the, that's getting older now, you know, but it's pretty good about rounding them up. We used to have all of the kids get on the field and, you know, arms spread <laughs> yeah. from escaping. It was not ever very fun. <laughs> I remember doing that with cows <laughs> growing <Our> successful, up. <laughs> always like that. But the border collies are pretty good. So it... My husband got a new puppy about no a year and a half ago, whatever. And this is a rascal dog that is just does not want to behave in any <laughs> manner of being. He's been taking it up to battleground someplace, you know, with a trainer training. there. He tried with his regular trainer, and he says, "Yeah, this is like a little <laughs> bit too much for me." Whatever. So now he's got the big guns going. We'll see. That's great. <laughs> Sometimes there's just that dog. <laughs> well, that's that dog. Yeah. Uh, how do you end up getting dogs that the pound has caused you or something? Or the yeah, yeah, the shelter. Country? Yeah, they, um, well, I was, when I was volunteering there a lot, I could just, you know, I would see the dogs that would, or with the Humane Society, the dogs that kind of crumble in that situation that just don't do well. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, you know, kind of feels like prison. They don't have the human loving on them every day. And, and some dogs just don't respond while they get aggressive or they, they 
almost act like they're going to die. I mean, mm. they get really, they stop eating and get really they nervous. Get depressed. Depen- yeah, depression. they're very depressed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I would just ask for the dogs that, you know, that they saw that was crumb, that were crumbling and that needed extra attention mm. and bringing them into a home is, you know, they, you just see the life come back mm. into them. It's really amazing. Huh. Yeah. It's so rewarding. Huh. I, we, we joke, we joke, joke that we should have stuck with dogs. <laughs> but it's just a joke. We love our children, of course. But dogs are much easier. <laughs> huh. They love, un, you know, unconditionally. You can do anything to your dog. You can beat the crap out of your dog and they still love you, which is, you know, sad and terrible. We would never do that. But, but are you, so then do you look for homes? You look for homes or other? people yeah yeah no I look for homes I get on Facebook I talk to people and most people just kind of know I'm that person you know (laughs) if they're looking for a dog they often come to me and see if I know of any dogs yeah but yeah yeah it's great I love it huh huh that's that's cool so we have a bunch of um Miramas but they're excellent guard dogs it's amazing how many Pyrenees end up at the shelter there's constantly I know I was shocked Constantly Pyrenees at the shelter. Well, they want to wander. They want to wander. So here's a funny story. So this one Pyrenees got adopted probably a mile from the shelter. And one Saturday, the shelter's closed until later in the day. Well, they when Linda, the gal, comes to unlock the door, here's sitting the great Pyrenees. He (laughs) escaped. He got out of his owner's, new owner's house and Uh went right back back. back to the shelter. Like, wait, you're free. Why would you come back here? Yeah, I mean they're big and they're, they're sweet. Um, they are super sweet yeah, dogs. They are. You know? they're so, so sweet. we've had a number of litters. Yeah, no that's awesome. Now whatever. I don't know. I worked through that, but we've got one that was out with the sheep, and now mm-hmm. thinks that it just wants to be a pet up yes. the house. And um, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> they get this little. Some of them uh, get this kind of a smile, mm. whatever, and they whistle. Ah, so there's this funny little whistle that they do when funny. they're squeaky I whistle kind that. of thing. That, that's funny. <laughs> that's when funny. they're happy and. Water. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Those are neat dogs. Yeah. Oh, tell me about the story with the dachshund that you went on the walk. Oh, so with uh, Troy, the neighbor? Yeah. Okay, this is a sweet story. So we have this little dachshund that we adopted from the shelter. She's 12 and a half, and I joke that I want to look as good as she looks when I'm her age because <laughs> she just looks so great. Um, she, We uh, have a, a nearby logging road that we walk constantly with the dogs, and so they're in really good shape. But um, So our neighbor Troy, his wife just passed. Uh, she just died uh, just about a month ago. And one day Troy came to the door and I didn't know that Minnie had escaped and she followed him right next door to his house. And this is highly unusual. Like Minnie's favorite spot is to be next to me in my lap. Yeah. And uh, she followed him home and we sat down and ate dinner and we didn't even realize she was missing, which is terrible. <laughs> and about an hour later, Troy comes back with uh, Minnie and her his jacket and said, hey, are you missing a dog? And she followed him home, went into his house and <laughs> sat on his lap for like really? 45 minutes to just to comfort him and Aww. i just thought that was the neatest story huh. because she it was so unusual that was completely out of her behavior i mean to but now maybe he would like to be the owner of that dog <laughs> i think he would <laughs> i think he would we're gonna find him a dog too yeah, yeah. yeah. you're not ready to give that one up no 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 she's <laughs> ours for sure but yeah he would like a dog he travels a little bit so he was concerned about that but we put his mind at ease and said well troy yeah we'll, we'll watch your dog when because you travel we'll babysit 100 yeah. Yeah. yeah so he said oh okay that yeah. sounds good. Oh, yeah, sounds like so we'll get him a dog soon. Yeah, I think a herding dog. He likes 
the border collies and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Those high oh, energy, bird, high but, energy dogs. Yeah. But a border collie, I mean, you got to have room for them to run. And they yeah, you be, do. They, and they really need something to herd. They need a job. They dogs, need a job. Yeah, some of those dogs need jobs yeah. for sure. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. just not a lay around the house kind no, of. Not at all. Kind of dog at all. Actually, yeah. a Great Dane is a good lay around the house dog. <laughs> <laughs> they say those are even good for apartments. Yeah. They don't need much. Really? Yeah. They uh, just are happy laying around. Huh. Oh, <laughs> fun. Yeah. Okay. Well, Chrissy, thanks. This has been fun. Yeah, thank so you. with your fun. two adoption stories, uh, kids and dogs. Yeah. Right? Kids and dogs, right? <laughs> two legs and four legs. <laughs> My favorite. Right. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Before you go, I wanted to share with you that my latest book, My Heart's For You, is now available on Amazon. And I just sent the audio recording of I Will Enter His Gates to Audible, which should be released soon. The fun thing about that audio is that my son Kyle created it with me. He read his dad's voice, giving him an opportunity to know his dad in a way that he never had since Howard died when Kyle was three. Not to brag, but I think it turned out pretty great. I also wanted to update you on Monica Seidel's work in Belize. She had begun her vision by finding people to tutor students, creating a learning space with Wi-Fi and computers. She has moved on to building an amazing playground, a library, and has begun work on a medical center. She even found an ambulance, which she will deliver to the border of Mexico, where she will meet someone to deliver it the rest of the way to Belize. You can find her interview, which is episode 39. That's all for now. Have an amazing week, and we'll see you next time. If you enjoyed this or any other of my podcast episodes, it would be amazing if you would take a few minutes to leave a review so others can find it. Transcripts are available on my website at jan-johnson.com. Please join me again next week.